0: How are we going to train folks? So what about the architects that are going to be using this stuff and implementing it in their businesses? What about the operators? You know, so just trying to bridge that gap, close that, that final mile, is I think how we ended up growing our community over 7,000 people. Welcome to the
1: Open at Intel podcast, where we're all about open source, from software to security to innovation and beyond. I'm your host, Catherine Druckman, an open source evangelist at Intel bringing you leading edge, free-ranging conversations from some of the best minds in the open source community. Let's get into it. I talked to well-known open source community leader, Lisa Marie Namphy, about everything from geeky user groups to the intersection of AI and security. Lisa is a true open source enthusiast and has much to share. Join us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. for. First of all, I have to say, and I say this to everybody, but You included. Thank you for carving out some time because KubeCon is really busy for everybody. Everyone is so pulled in different directions and their schedules are all insanely packed. So I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, my pleasure.
1: I appreciate you considering this valuable enough to carve out some time. So thank you Definitely,
0: definitely. Well, I think I might be your last session of the day. Oh, unless you record into the booth uh, thing. Oh, oh, we're going to go all night. Nice, (laughs) nice, nice. I (laughs) thought this was, this is my last thing of the day. I have, um... The day started with the ambassador breakfast at 7.30 a.m. Uh, for the CNCF ambassadors, and it's a tradition. So mm-hmm. we meet early, take a group photo, and then we all go watch the keynotes together. They save a, a little spot for us up front. So um, that was when the day started. So, yes, it's been a long day, an action-packed day. And just like for so many of us at KubeCon, this is the second day because yeah. we had a Day Zero event. I was speaking on the Database as a Service Future of Databases panel for DBaaS Dev Day yesterday. So that was a lot of fun too. So it's already been an action-packed two days and we've got still two more. Cool. Um, so in case
1: people don't know who I'm talking to, and a lot of people listening probably do because I keep hearing your name all over and only wonderful glowing things. But please introduce yourself just a little bit and tell us who you are and, and what, what you do in the community.
0: My name is Lisa Marie Amphi. I am a CNCF ambassador. I also run a really large user group in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, for it's it's been called many things over the years. It started out as the first ever OpenStack meetup, no? OpenStack okay. user group, and then we morphed it um, into more of an Open infra because we were talking about, you know. Docker, and then Mesosphere, and then Kubernetes, and then a lot of the applications that people are running in this cloud-native ecosystem, um, telling end-user stories. So we changed it to cloud-native containers, and then I think we very recently, after last Wednesday's meetup, uh, renamed it to cloud-native platforms. We're workshopping that one. But it's (laughs) a large uh, meetup in in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, The one we hosted last week, uh, our friends at Intel out of the Argo project team were nice enough to give us some space um, Mm. to host it to launch their new project, which is uh, Numaflow. It's a a new project coming out of the Intel team.
1: I'm an Argo fan.
0: Yeah, I just misspoke, I'm sorry. That was the Intuit team. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at your shirt and I'm looking at Intel everywhere and I just said Intel a bunch of times. The meet we hosted last Wednesday was from our friends at Intuit, who uh, from the Argo, Argo Podge team, and they um, were showcasing a new technology they're putting out there called Numaflow. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it,
1: by all means, say the word Intel as much as you like, but yes, though. <laughs> but I would like to say it correctly. <laughs> I mean, somebody's working on Argo, I'm sure, it's in, a big company. <laughs> Intel has
0: played a really big part in our user group as well. Um, we hosted OpenStax ninth, and I want to say 10th birthday party there. I have hosted countless meetups, but those were really big events, and we hosted it um, on your campus. Uh, Sujato was oh, running yeah. community there at the time and was um, or running the, the, the user group before she started the out-of-the-box networking user group. Uh, we, we were co- collaborating a lot, and she was able to... Give us that beautiful auditorium to have great uh, like half-day mini conferences, which which were also celebrations of technology, and so we did that for a couple of years. And so Intel has been has been great, a big fan, friend of open source, um, and definitely uh, walked the walk and gave us space and helped sponsor. Bought food. for Fantastic. and I mean, These were not small events. You know, yeah, yeah, so I say meetup and people are thinking like 12 people at a coffee shop. I'm talking, one of those I think we had 400 people. Wow. In there. Yeah. So these are really big events. We're lucky with our user group because we're in the San Francisco Bay yeah, Area. Yeah. And I, you know, have had the, you know, we, we get a lot of new technology that starts there. And I've had the opportunity to run, you know, the first ever Istio meetup. Oh, wow. The first ever Zool meetup. The first ever Kata containers meetup. We did that at Intel. Huh. Yeah, so we've had a lot of firsts, the first Praj now um, meetup. So I've been very, very blessed to have such incredible technology to showcase that's just right on our doorsteps.
1: Yeah, that is fantastic. I'm a, I'm a little jealous, actually, I, never having lived in the Bay Area. Um, tech meetups to me are typically, <laughs> I think of them as like, you know, 25 people if you're in on a good day. They can but, be big,
0: but we also really try to do Zoom and virtual now and yeah. live stream. And so we can include people in the room. And we haven't figured out a way to Zoom the beer and pizza to people yet. But um, <laughs> we, we did during during COVID, we had a couple of sponsors that, that gave gift certificates, uh, like Nordash gift certificates, Ooh, that's nice. so that we could kind of, in the spirit of having, you know, the communion part of the meetup as well uh, as the community part, uh, which is really fun. But you, you asked what I do. I guess it's a lot of things, and so there isn't really one title that fits all, and you know, developer relations is one of those titles that you can slide a lot of other titles under whether it's developer advocate, community architect, community manager, you know, technical evangelist, developers, you know, principal product evangelist, there's a lot of things that can fall under there. And most recently I was building a team that included all of those things, but for me I mostly have done community things not within the company that I worked for, but because it's an open source user group and we're showcasing you know, open source technology, uh, it hasn't been a job that I did. I, I used to host the meetups at HP when I was working for HP, but I was in the HP marketing team, running some of the teams under HP Cloud, and then into HP Software. Uh, so I did, it was convenient that I had space to host OpenStack meetups for all those years. But it wasn't something that I was ever paid to do. So it was always a really, into, as with so many of us in the community, um, and for years and years and years. And if, if my name gets mentioned, it's because I've been doing this a really long time. <laughs> and um, and I've, I've always tried to you know, bring, it, bring a component of, of teaching and mentoring and bringing other people into it uh, and helping. And I think some of the people that may have mentioned my name were on your show yeah. uh, in Raleigh, who were my mentors. And taught me a lot of what I know about about doing it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a nights and weekends job because that's how open source is, as you know. Uh, we all have multiple jobs and wear multiple hats.
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's absolutely true. It's um, <laughs> it's funny that you know. I've also been around a while. I also actually organized meetups quite a long time ago, and I have a lot of respect for the amount of work that it takes. I've, I've done event organizing and stuff like that. And I wondered, talking about that part of your life when you're really heavily involved in organizing these smaller groups, they're not necessarily big corporate events like here we are, you know, QCOM, but um, but small meetups, small community stuff. What is your, what is your advice for, for organizing stuff like that, for growing the community, growing the attendance, all of those things. How do you get people really plugged in and coming back?
0: Yeah. The secret of getting people people coming back is, for me, it's always been content. If you're, you know, yeah, everybody likes pizza, <laughs> beer. i say it, spoken well, from a gluten-free person. <laughs> it's kind of funny, because I can not usually partake in those things, but people really come for the content and the relationships. So content and community, I, I've always had those things go side by side. So I always try to showcase, you know, I, I really, I really care who the presenter is going to be, what they're going to talk about. I, you know, you're not going to hit it out of the park every time. Uh, but I, I do a little bit of work to vet, vet that, and make sure that whatever we're showcasing is going to be something interesting, something educational um, people can learn. And, you know, if, if you're, if you're just, trying to you know speak in a meetup to become famous or something that's self-interested it, that's not going to be right. the, the person I'm gonna pick probably it's going to be uh, you know somebody that's super super passionate about technology we, we lean on open source because um, it, it's just a, it's it's better for the community you, you don't yeah. want just a parade of commercials you know going through no, your stage and so having <laughs> it something be anchored on open source weeds that out a little bit. But you still have to, um, you know, you still have to kind of curate that and make sure that the community is really like it's something that people are learning from. And it doesn't mean we don't want vendors to come and give presentations by any means. We definitely, um, and we definitely want vendors to sponsor uh, <laughs> the the things. But I think you can get enough great branding for yourself just from hosting it. Give away all the swag you want. Do a lightning talk, you know, five minutes, whatever. But really making sure that the presentation content. Is, is really good. So I think that's, to me, the first thing. Consistency is also really good. If you, we used to have like the third Wednesday of the month or the third, you know, but the same time every month. And um, and in AHP, we used to do two a month. We did like one in, uh, one technical one and one more kind of, I don't wanna say beginner, um, but just, you know, not in the weeds of like a a product lead, like a PTL, going through and debugging during the meetup. We we were doing that in the early days. So there was definitely one for contributors. And then there was one more for education and to learn and for the community just to come together. So be really clear about the content that you're you're trying to put out there and be consistent. And so if it's a a meetup around a a technology like Kubernetes, that's kind of more open because there's a lot of areas you can go with that uh if it's just one you know a smaller project you shouldn't really expect to have hundreds and thousands of people there on your you know at first I mean when we did it in the beginning we'd have sometimes eight people in the room 12 people in the room we used to be able to do things at coffee shops and in in smaller areas and it was you know but yeah which
1: can be valuable I actually really enjoy it A Dozen or so people geeking out, solving problems, helping
0: each other out. Yeah, Yeah, which is kind of what's going to happen anyway. Even when we started having 50 people, it was still the same 12 of us, like, in the parking lot, you know, with our heavy laptop bags over our shoulders, continuing the conversation because it's so interesting. If you're not passionate about... The subject and and what you're what you're showcasing, you know, you're, it's going to be impossible to build this. You'll, you'll burn out really quickly. You know, if you think it's something that's going to make anyone money, like it's you're just not in it for the right reasons. But if you're passionate about the technology, which is why I keep coming back to the content, or you're passionate about the teaching aspect of it and bringing information to to the community, or you're passionate about, you know, in my case I love showcasing end user stories. I think that's so interesting and I think everybody wants to hear that. Or finding the piece that's missing uh, for a while, you know, we were we were really focused on, on on the technology and on building the projects, but it took a while to 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 get the like the CKA, the, the certified Kubernetes mm-hmm. admin, but it, or in the early days of OpenStack. So, you know, how are we gonna get? How are we gonna train folks? So what about the architects that are out there that are starting to come to this that are going to be using this stuff and implementing it in their in their businesses? What about the operators? You know, so just trying to bridge that gap, you know, close that that final mile uh, is, I think, how we ended up growing our community over seven thousand people.
1: Wow! Wow! I mean, they don't all
0: show up. At this <laughs> no, sure, <laughs> but, but you know no, what I'm saying. Like you, on the list, you, you know? have people
1: who have indicated an interest in what you're doing, and that's. That's not
0: a small feat. Yeah, and to some degree, we're starting over again because COVID re- mm-hmm. was a reset button. Yeah, and we tried. Our community really appreciated the in-person meetups. There's a lot of other communities that um, transitioned to virtual a lot easier. Yeah. because with the in-person, you know, for for us, we would do both, and we would get, you know, from from people from all over the world after they'd left the Bay Area, because a lot of people leave the Bay Area, but they still wanted to be involved. So we always found value in streaming. But other communities uh, in other areas like Seattle or LA were saying, well, no, if we have, if we also live stream it, then no one's going to sit through traffic and actually come in person. So you have to kind of gauge what's going to work. But So other communities were e- easier at going virtual. Our community just really wanted to be there, wanted to meet in person, and we didn't get a lot of virtual attendance. Yeah. And so we kind of stalled it out for a while and, and and got thoughtful again about how are we going to bring this back. So now that we're bringing this back, every meetup isn't about Kubernetes. Like we don't have one, you know, we called it cloud native containers for so long and then we felt like that was a bit redundant, you know, but containers was the word that people yeah, were searching I, yeah, for. Yeah. I wanted cloud native in it. And so, you know, but now what like what is it that people are really going to want to come together to talk about? And in the few meetups that we've had, we have showcased new projects like Argo, but we've also showcased technologies like database as a service or or you know solving data problems. And uh, the the data on Kubernetes community is another one that I work really closely with um, and that has that we've done a couple of, of meetups with around the Bay Area. So, I think focusing on data is opens it up for a lot of different types of, of talks, and mm-hmm. if it's gonna solve a problem that I think the community might have, I think it's going to be a really interesting talk.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. I wondered also, So, okay, so we're talking about, again, one of the things you, you, you mentioned is, you know, not going too commercial, right? There's a time and a place, right? I mean, we're all, you know, we're all in the business of supporting ourselves at some level right and so we're, we're not anti-commercial but there is a there is a balance there's a delicate balance between community interest and education and that sort of thing and bringing value to members of your community without just trying to sell them something and i and i wondered how again if you had any advice for achieving that balance maintaining that balance again we're uh n- None of us exists in a vacuum. Cloud native technologies, open source technologies—they power the world. Without them, we could not function. Mm-hmm. Like our phones would stop working, right? Yeah. Um, but so, so you know, where is that balance in serving community needs, but also acknowledging that sometimes you do have to kind of tip your hat to to the commercial entities that support you.
0: Yeah, well, certainly you you need sponsors for like for the venue, for the food, for you know those things have to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's always going to probably come from a vendor, right. or you know, otherwise you're going to have to start charging the community. Like you don't want to do that. Right. This should be free and available. Um, and you know, if you want to bring swag and put it on a swag table and bring your stickers, and that's all great, you know, and collect them at the end, don't litter, you know. But like, put stuff out. And but for me, being there is so valuable if you're if you're a business like a a vendor just just come be part of our community have those conversations there's always half an hour of networking before half an hour of networking after and that's your chance to to engage wear your shirt you know and put something like ask me about whatever i mean that's your chance to engage and if you know if you think you know what you're doing is so interesting even if it's coming from a corporation that's fine but you know if you're part of the community and you're consistently part of the community I think people appreciate that and it's not frowned upon and if when someone comes to me and asks you know if they can do a presentation or, or speak if they have been part of our community and attending consistently I'm much more likely to to say yes of course you know, and also probably the people who they've met and talked to have said, "Hey, that would be interesting." You know, why don't you talk about that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think you find the balance. I mean, you you know, if 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 someone's going overboard, I mean, it's yeah. just like people aren't going to come back. Um, so, but we do really appreciate vendors and and sponsors. And so, if, if someone gives up, you know, puts all that money in for the food and the pizza, and they. Uh, beers if, they, if that's part of it then um, yeah do, do a lightning talk you know I, I gave away a lot of t-shirts um, from the last company that I was at and so I, I said okay everybody who walked in and took a t-shirt if you want to know a little bit about that bug that's going to be on your shirt I'll tell you and I just like five minutes about what it is um, and that's enough and, yeah. and people are like very happy for that and they, they want the swag and they want the food so they're um, and it you know if it's only five minutes it's it's still so interesting yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's, 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 you know, I, again, I, I've also been around a while, and it's always been kind of a conversation, right? Open source projects need corporate sponsorship. We need corporate contributors, right? People who pay yeah. people to contribute in various ways to, to different yeah. open source projects. And, yeah. and there's always been that kind of delicate balance of, of balancing things like influence and, and, and contribution. But at the same time, you know, as the open source community has matured, um, I think you do find, you find still so many people like you, and hopefully like me who are just so enthusiastic about contributing and about community development that it's just, you know, it's incidental that we also happen to maybe
0: work for a (laughs) large tech company. And if if corporations are contributing to open source and especially to an open source project, I mean, that's the talk I probably want. So, you know, that, that's fine. And that will happen. And wear your brand on your shirt. Of course do that. I've done that, you know, and bring your whole self. Yeah. (laughs) And then that's, that's enough sometimes just to have the logo there and it's like, Hey, ask me about it. I'll tell you about it if you're interested. Um, but right now we're talking about this like open source project or this, this open source technology. Um, but I think to just be part of the community and You'll, people will know you know what weeds people out is when they, they're they asking for like oh well where do I get the list of attendees you know so I can put them in my salesforce.com uh, like, yeah. and then they're like wait no this is a meetup you don't get a list yeah <laughs> and then usually you, you get less interest in um, in that
1: yeah I think that's it's it's really um, valuable to keep in mind the, the, the again the community aspect and to really understand if you're part of the community you're part of the community I think yeah. at the end of the day I wanted to also ask you, what are you excited the most about right now in open source? Open source always has a lot going on. There's so much innovation. I always say you know, open source people are the best people. We're, there's just so many interesting people out yeah. there contributing, innovating. So what, what are you getting excited about right now?
0: Gosh, I've kind of just started thinking about that more as I kind of think about what's next for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously AI is, yeah. is fascinating and there's so much to explore there and so much, so many different angles. Uh, So I'm trying to have as many conversations about sort of different aspects of of AI. And Mm -hmm. it came up yesterday in our database as a service, because obviously this is databases, the future of database as a service, because obviously AI and ML are, uh, you know. Data powered. (laughs) Yeah, and a major part of of the future. Mm -hmm. And so, that's going to be, I think, a really, a really exciting, there's uh, some problems that we're going to you know, try to tackle that will be really exciting around, around the AI um, and ML. And I think d- big data is, you know, I, I've been an analytics person as well for a long time, and so as, as different styles of even databases, Um. You know, databases are not boring anymore, (laughs) at all. I mean, data is never boring. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Data is never boring. And and it's and and how you you know store it or how you access it or how you look at it or how just all the different kind of things around around data and you know queries that um, that go against real time data and and how are we gonna and there's definitely new companies coming out like Apache Flink, right? Debeezer, um, companies that are trying to basically partnering with the with the red pandas and the decoders. And um, we talked about this a little bit on our panel yesterday. How are companies are gonna start solving these queries for billions and billions of transactions per second and then you know in real time running analytics on some of the, I mean there's just so much around data that that still needs to be solved as these large language models and as data just, it only gets bigger and there only gets more of it yeah. um, and it's getting more unstructured in many cases and it's living all over on the edge and it's, you know, so I think there's a lot of things around data that are really exciting. I had actually pitched a talk for the security track with a colleague who's at Vonage and it's he, he's been a security expert and he's been an end user just living this stuff for so long and there's been some, you know, as the government regulations come and start to enforce yep. and we're starting to see things in the news, like corporations becoming very accountable, like to the point where executives are going to prison probably. Like, you know, when you start to get in in there and uh, it's like, okay, w- how are we gonna tackle these these problems of security? You know, I think that's another really interesting conversation to have. So I think those are the areas I'm sort of yeah. looking at uh, to figure out what what my next thing is going to be
1: interesting well you
0: know that's an interesting intersection too i mean how is
1: ai going to help us solve all of these security problems and help us stay in compliance with best best practices and all of these things especially to again like you say fulfill certain obligations that one should have when securing one's software i wanted to ask you also is there anything that i didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about
0: well, I was going to ask you what you're excited about because you get to talk to so many oh, people, know, yeah. and you get to hear about, you know, I mean, you probably know what the trends are just based on the folks that you Some. have come in and what they're talking about. Is is you know what what's exciting you right now?
1: Oh gosh, um, actually, like you, I'm I'm really I'm I'm investing a lot of my mental energy in security, whether that be communicating best practices, getting people more and more excited about security best practices because it should be a thing that we all, that becomes muscle memory. You know, I would love for every developer. Now, I mean, this is a complicated conversation, right? Because the more we hear about like shift left, right? And, and, you know, put, bring security in earlier. Um, that is absolutely a great idea. But I also, I want to be very careful in, in some, in some ways to not put too much, like put too many fingers at developers, right? Not everybody's a security expert, but I, but the, the things that I'm the most interested in right now are, making security easy making it muscle memory making it just part of the thing that you that you that's easy to get right and i think that's so important because like you say there's so much more scrutiny right now especially on open source software and i would just like to see developers have an easier life you know enjoy your work <laughs> work on the fun stuff don't don't worry get to a point where the security is just second nature I think that's that's something that I'm really interested in, and I and like you, I am very interested in how AI plays a role. I think that's very interesting. I'm not an AI expert by any means, but it's but it is exciting, and where I think we're at an inflection point where we're going to see a lot of tremendous innovation, and it is going to solve a lot of problems,
0: if we do it right. Yeah, and it's going to be it, it's always going to be something that we're going to need to stay ahead of because the, as new technology comes out, as you know, new areas of our ecosystem develop then you got to get ahead of that you know it's like they always say that the hackers are one step ahead of us like you know you're trying to you're trying to catch up with with whatever the new new threat is and it's Mm -hmm. always something new and as technology changes and gets developed and morphs then you're just going to have to continue like okay well how do we secure this and we had a talk at um open source summit uh i think i was moderating i was moderating with uh, security, supply chain, and containers, you mm-hmm. know our containers the weak link. You know, and how do you secure the supply chain if it's you know with containers? There's, and ev- I had, everything is the weak. Yeah, I had some <laughs> wonderful people, um, Liz Rice and Josh Bressler oh, and Isaac. Oh, Haye oh were yes, on. all those are yes, great. I great had games. the best people to ask those questions too uh, for that for that talk at Open Source Summit in Vancouver. Um, so it's it's a it's a really fun area to explore, uh, and it's definitely yeah definitely something we're gonna have to continue to stay ahead of because it's, it's that's never gonna go away. It's not a problem to be solved. As we solve this one problem, another right, one Right, exactly. Emerge. Oh, yeah. we've
1: done it. Yeah. Why, nope. Wipe our hands. There's never <laughs> an end to
0: that. But as to your question of what we hadn't talked about, one thing that I encourage for, for DevRel people to think about, and even community, even if, you, if you're doing this for open source communities and it's not necessarily DevRel within a corporation, but thinking about how you're going to measure what you're doing, because even as a community manager, you still need to measure. You, you probably have to you know, have... have have your goals be really clear and then figure out like how am I doing you have to kind of check in and and for your community goals I mean maybe your community goals are just numbers games and growing or maybe it's a diversity number that you're you're you have as a goal I want this to be 25 percent more diverse by next year so write that Mm -hmm. down or maybe I want more diversity in my speakers and work harder at that Um, you know maybe I want to reach whatever it is that you want to do for community you should also and if it's a product or a project that you're pushing do we have goals around who in the community are we getting doc writers on this and giving them enough support and are we yeah you know, so depending on what style of community you're building but developer relations is you know something that has been, it's, it's difficult to measure because you go to a show like this and it's not like how many badge scans, how many leads, you know, there's other metrics. But I would say, people say, oh, you can't measure it. Well, that's absolutely not true. And there's people that have written books on how to measure it and really good books out there. Mary's book is great, Jonna's book. Um, and there's charts and graphs that you can, you can put together to, you know, track certain things. Uh, because there's, you know, there's social media metrics that might seem like they're vanity metrics, but maybe they're not, you know, and um, and maybe you, you can use social media to help build your community and figure out, you know, when people start following you. And So for our user group, we made a Twitter handle, and so we actually, it doesn't have that many followers, but that's okay for now. You know, you start to build um, your community through that, and maybe it's not going to be Twitter going forward, it's something else, but just figure out it's a whole other what, conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So you know, what are what is important and what are you going to measure? If you are in a company and you're you're doing devrel, you know, what are the goals of the company? Because you've got to align to that, or you're not going to get funding for your programs, right? So how are you going to show ROI of your programs that you're doing? And um, and because a lot of the programs aren't going to be. Uh, you know, you're running meetups. Maybe you're hosting them. Maybe you're doing a hackathon. You know, maybe there's a lot of things you're doing out there that are getting the brand and the awareness out there. or Getting, you know, you have a serverless version. You want people to try for free. Um, make a, a, a UTM like so when you show, you know, for your meetup. So then mm-hmm. they know. Okay, they came to this meetup. They tried this, and we had eight new people try this who used this UTM from, mm-hmm. you know, from this yeah, QR code. Sure, sure. So tr- you can track this. There's tools out there to track things. And so figuring out you know, how to track things, create a baseline, check in with yourself, how are you doing? Um, and then don't make your goals the same goals as the, or your metrics the same metrics as that the marketing team is being um, measured by or that the sales teams are being measured by. These are very different metrics, um, but they do produce, eventually, they are part of the revenue stream, top of funnel, you know, it, it gets in there somewhere. Uh, so the more you can track that, and there's there's great tools now, like Common Room, fantastic tool really really helping Devrel folks track it Orbit started doing some stuff like that a long time ago before before that um, so there's there's stuff out there to, to help so I would say if someone you know don't don't believe you can't measure this stuff uh, but really be very clear on what your goals are and make sure the goals align with the company but that those goals are actually you know developer related goals yeah, yeah. Uh, and hopefully you'll be successful.
1: Ah, I love it that's all really fantastic advice thank you so much um, I did want to just really quickly before we are done plug uh, you mentioned some na- really great names in there I did I also talked to Josh Bressers in an episode of this podcast and I highly recommend anyone listening right now check that out because he, he had he had a really good analogy for open source security and that's about being an open source environmentalist and it's just, it's just like like keeping our environment like the same way that we want to ke- take care of the environment. You need to take care of sort of the open source ecosystem as well, and I thought that was interesting and worth checking out. Um, we also should be talking to Liz Rice actually pretty soon, so that'll be a good one to check out too. Heck yes! So yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, and
0: it's such impressive. a nice person.
1: Yeah, I've just, I've seen her talk certainly, but um, well, cool. Well, thank you so much for, for sitting down with me and, and and doing this and sharing everything and nerding out about open source communities.
0: This was so fun. I love it. I love it. And. I grew up in the Bay Area, and open source is sort of in our DNA, Mm -hmm. right? The high school I went to, everybody was just building software that they needed to use to solve a problem and then they're like you know this is really cool maybe somebody else would want to use this too and that was literally from a million years ago when I was in high school so it is in my DNA too it's just kind of how I'm wired and so it's going to be in my blood forever and I you know so I will always give as much as I can to open source communities and when you do that it you it really gives back Yeah. I mean it's such a rewarding it's not a, a give and take it's it's a circle and what oh. you give and what you put into it comes back to you and it's such a beautiful way so yeah. And you meet really cool
1: people. You meet the best people. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You get to sit down and do fun things like this. Yep. In our fishbowl. Well, cool. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. You've been listening to Open at Intel. Be sure to check out more from the Open at Intel podcast at open.intel.com slash podcast and at Open at Intel on Twitter. We hope you join us again next time to geek out about open source.